Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, boys and girls. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best dang podcast you could put your little ears into. We have a very special guest joining us today. Your two boys, Sam and DJ, are joined by none other than the world-renowned, world-famous Mr. Jason Inman. DJ Yay! broke his microphone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I just want to point out that there was a time during this podcast where I was the most frequent guest. That is no longer the truth anymore. No, I'm, I don't and think... I'm a, little, I'm a little sad about that. We no. can get it back up. <laughs> we can we'll, we'll get it there. Back to back to back. <laughs> we'll get it there. We'll get you there. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like a lot of other non-pop culture stuff. Uh, that's not true. Because my, my day job is a is pop, pop culture. culture. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to but, us. Don't lie on our show. Yeah, sorry. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, great, busy, a lot of writing. I've mm-hmm. been writing so much since uh, the last time I saw you guys. How's that feel? Uh, <laughs> it feels good because that's what I wanted to do. That's, yeah. that's what uh, I wanted to do from the beginning. So Pretty yeah, cool. It's good. Nice. Yeah. And uh, we'll plug this a few times, oh, but nice. as of right now, if you go to oh, kickstarter.com slash... Well, uh, just go to jupiterjetcomic.com. That's even cleaner. Oh, there you yeah. go. You got a new Kickstarter going. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. We have the sequel to our Ringo-nominated all-ages series, Jupiter Jet. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Uh, that's so cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was Last year, Jupiter Jet was nominated for a Ringo Award, which is based on the very famous artist, Mike Waringo, who is one of the best artists of The Flash of all time. Yeah. Um, they nominated us for Best Kids Comic last oh. year. So we made a sequel to that. It's called Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio. It's basically our character, our 16-year-old jetpack girl is now 17 nice she's in space and she meets a mysterious character called the black flyer who also has a jet pack interesting and kind of complicates and threatens her world and what does that mean and how does this 17 year old girl with a jet pack grow up that's the next thing of the story and of course it involves uh her little brother finding a radio that has been long forgotten very cool so. and i saw a couple cool names for uh variant covers you have john boy yeah, Myers. John Boy Myers, fifteen yeah. times. Yeah, Nicholas Scott. Nicholas Scott, yes, yes, the amazing Wonder Woman artist. Who uh, she does? If you don't know Nicholas Scott, she does. She's been doing all these amazing um, celebration art prints of all the characters. She did one for Superman, where it's like all the different versions of Superman. Yeah, uh, she, Dick Grayson. She just did one for Dick Grayson. Yeah. And she just did one for Wonder Woman. They're amazing. They're astounding. Go buy them. Uh, but yes, she did an exclusive print of Jupiter Jet for us, which you can get over on the Kickstarter. If you want something really more cool. recent, she she just did um, the art for one of the short stories in Wonder Woman 750. Cool. I believe it was the one written by Greg Rucka because uh, they worked together on magic and stuff yes, like that. They did. So if you want like the premier Wonder Woman artist. Yeah. Yeah, she's you know, a ama- print from her of Jupiter Jet. Yeah, she's amazing. She's astounding. The the campaign's been going really well. Um, again, we Jupiter Jet is we love '90s comics because that's the '90s comics when we grow up. And when I say that, I don't mean like Rob Liefeld, no feet, like lots of gritted teeth. I mean yeah. the '90s comics I remember are when like. Remember when Nightwing and Batgirl and Birds of Prey and Robin all interconnected? And it mm-hmm. seemed like it was a real, real family. Like any other week, you could see like Wally West and Nightwing, and then Nightwing would go over and talk to Barbara. It's just like this good feeling, even though they are dramatic and they have emotions. That's the type of comics I miss because yeah. I don't think those comics are around anymore. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, well, we got a stupid jet. We got to give them material to make the movies. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. You make it kind of like a, a waste of material. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically throwing that right down the toilet. But. 
That sounds amazing. So go check it out. You start. You kicked it off when last week? How long uh, has it been going? It's been going since last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. But, uh, yes, and we have lots of cool rewards. Um, we have some script. We have a script review by uh, Joseph Malozzi, who is an executive cool. producer on Stargate SG One. Nice. Also, by the way, I looked up that name. I was like, "What do I know that we both randomly follow each other?" And I don't know. I don't know. I'm he all likes flattered. You. He yeah. likes you. He's a really cool dude. Yeah, he seems cool. I was He's like, really cool well, he made a TV show. I was like, <laughs> uh, well, I can't keep tweeting stupid shit. He's a, he's, <laughs> he's a very successful nerd, and, yeah. and I think that's the reason probably why he follows. He probably he probably has saw you on SourceFed. It's probably uh, uh, he's probably a patron. He's probably he watching probably right, here now. right now. Yeah. Hello, Joseph. Is that Danny M right there, Joe? Is that you? <laughs> very good cover. <laughs> very good. Um, so yeah, there's lots of cool stuff. Come over and support us. JupiterJetComic.com. I'm just gonna keep plugging it. Yeah, yeah no, you got a lot of cool, lot of cool uh, uh, perks mm-hmm. that I saw in there. So please, go uh, check by the way. Uh, thank you to both of you because, guys, you don't know this. Sam and DJ donated separately. They both mm-hmm. bought the book. So yes. it's, it's Sam and DJ approved. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, I, yeah. well, I got Jupiter Jet 1 and Science on my bookshelf mm-hmm. in there. So I also have a graphic novel you loaned me that I need to loan, loan you back. Just remember that right now. And I'm saying, I'm, I saying it on, what it is. I'm saying it on the podcast so I don't forget. Which I, I do that same thing yeah. and then I still forget. And then you still <laughs> wait. Just give it some time. You guys need to follow up with me on Twitter. DJ, did you remember? I probably didn't. That's funny. Uh, I have no idea what graphic novel ooh, this is. It's going to be a surprise <laughs> for everyone. Speaking of graphic novels, today's yes. episode we're diving into the history of some uh, the not the big two comics, no. not even the big three comics. Yes, we're no. talking about the long forgotten, the ones that have been left behind. Cor- they're cornerstones to degree. I don't know how many corners this room has, but it's <laughs> they're important. We're yeah. talking about milestone. We're talking about Malibu. Yeah. And we're talking about Vertigo. R.I.P. Yes. Very recently. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Now Black Label. Yeah. Very. Not as cool of a name. Anyways, no, but no. before we get into that, we like to dive into what we're into this yes. week. But. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. we have to we have another friend joining us oh for this God. show. Man, if we say hi really quick. Let's kick off 2020 right with our friends over at Quip. Now, Quip is the maker of the Quip electric toothbrush, and they want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this, that if you have good habits, you're good. So if you have those good habits, you're in a good spot. Good habits lead to a better, gooder life. Very you good. Yeah. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly, no matter what brands you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Can I say this? Hmm. That um, I, when I go to the dentist, I do not a fan of the dentist, but I do go regularly like I'm supposed to. I when I'm supposed to, yeah. Um, and it always bothered me. They're always like, your gums bleed. Yeah, because you're picking at them with a metal sharp stick. What are you doing? But I will say, once I started brushing regularly... And flossing regularly, it made those visits go much better. And a big part of that was using an electric toothbrush like Quip. But Quip's electric toothbrush takes you to another level because it has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. I'll be honest. Uh, when left to my own devices, I kind of sometimes just brush the front of my teeth and I say, good on good for me. <laughs> and you give yourself a nice, crisp high-five and, then and I go, go to, to bed. I go to the dentist and they're like, uh, you know what you're doing, right? And I... And I Sadly, say yes. yes. <laughs> but now, thanks to Quip, because they're able to hook us up with a couple toothbrushes and the toothpaste. Yeah, that was. Uh, it's been. 
I've noticed differences <laughs> almost immediately. Yeah, and it's not just enough to brush. Having an electric toothbrush is great, but also flossing. I cannot stress enough how helpful it's been to floss every night. I floss every night, and it's really turned my life around. Ain't that right, gamers? Flossing is important. And the Quip Floss Dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Not too much. Let's not waste, huh? It's I like to wrap up save. both of my fingers entirely with the floss just so I get a nice, tight thing. But I've heard that's too much. That might be... You mean yeah. the whole roll? The whole... Just both of these fingers... Quip's going to help you yeah, out. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join over three million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25 dues. In U.S., that's $25. If you go to getquip.com slash answers right now, you'll get your first refill free. Ooh. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash answers. Spelled G E T. Q-U-I-P dot com slash A-N-S-W-E-R-S. Quip, the good habits company. Now back to the show. All right, so to dive into what we're into this week, I actually just watched something last night that I want to bring up that you might have seen as well. Um, Just last night, I took a second to um, sign into CBS All Access to watch Star Trek Picard. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Because I I am not like the premier Trekker. I can't like cite line and verse. uh, I can't. I can't. There there you go. Yeah. (laughs) But but, um, in my family, we didn't didn't even watch like Voyager or Deep Space Nine. It was too dark for the Woldridge house. (laughs) Voyager was too dark. Yeah, Voyager was too dark. Um, the Borg showed up. The Borg showed up, and we checked out. No, I don't but, uh, trust that Neelix. Yeah, but uh, but growing up, uh, watched a lot of a lot of Next Gen. Like it was it was kind of a staple um, in my house. And for me, I know there's a lot of love for like Kirk and Spock and the OG yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I think Star Trek, I think Picard. I oh, think yeah. Data. I think Worf. I think that's that's my where my brain goes. And. So I immediately, like, when they showed the Picard trailer, I was like, I I got to at least check it out. You know what I mean? So, and just a quick side note, I haven't watched any of the original Star Trek shows, but as soon as this trailer started, I was like, oh, I can't. Yeah. We tried, actually, we watched Discovery, and yeah. there were good stuff. There was good stuff in it. I just didn't want to pay for CBS, but I mm. do want to check it out. Yeah. Please spoil away if you want to talk about it, but so, I, it looks amazing. Yeah, so uh, first episode, I'm in immediately, like... Right off the bat, like Patrick's just old. He, he's just oh yeah, he's oh, just yeah. he's just an old man. Oh, yeah. It's and it's one of those like man, if you shot that because there's like a he's scene seventy nine where they have to like run and yeah. it's like you can tell like it's a double like because it's, yeah. it's just they do I do yeah. like that they take a moment where he, like he's with a young young woman and she's booking it and he has to like hold on a second and like catch his breath. <laughs> I'm like thank you because yeah. this is an eighty year old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's scenes he's seventy nine years old. Seventy nine. Yeah. No. Brent been Spiner that? data uh-huh. is seventy. Yeah. Really? Yes. Well, I can't tell how old Patrick Stewart's been. Yeah. I thought he's been in his seventies for thirty years. Yeah. So <laughs> But there, but he still has the warmth and yes. and the the strength of character. And it's a really good example. It made me think of other things that for some reason we've struggled to crack that I thought the show did really well. Like there's still reports of like, well, you know, how do you make Superman relevant to people? How do you make and then yeah. you see this like, well, this because Picard is still a good dude. He's trying to do the right thing. The world around him is complicated. And navigating those those desires and those goals and trying to be a good person in this more complicated world, that's how you t- I think yeah. that's a good that, way to tackle characters. I had like a couple that. I had a couple problems with it, but I mostly liked a lot of it. And the the thing that made me like it the most was one, Patrick Stewart can read a phone book and make it interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. But two, is you know, a big plot line of this, and you can tell even from the trailers, is that why did Picard retire from Starfleet? Because Picard is the career Starfleet guy. And I like that 
the decision that he left Starfleet was a moral decision. Mm-hmm. Like it was because Starfleet was doing something that he thought was morally wrong. And so yeah. he was like, I'm out. Yeah. And that is so Picard yes. and it's so true to his character. And yeah. that's I, I basing the series around that because morality tales is what Star Trek is to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, and and there's there's fun like sweet stuff like we in a big part of the promotion is you see his dog, and he names his dog number one, and the second yeah. he calls him number one, I was like, <gasps> yeah. Um, and the way it connects to past continuity, I like that it, again. Like when you when you have something like Star Wars that seems completely incapable of extricating its like finding new crises for its heroes to yeah. face. The, Did you say more? the way it uses this this show, at least from the beginning, I've only seen the first sure. episode, takes granted Star Trek has it was a show, so there's more material to work with. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but takes old threats and uh, retools them in ways that like when because a big part of this is synthetics, which yeah. obviously Data was a big part of the show, and, and maybe people that watch Deep Space Nine and Voyager have a different relationship with this. But they like I never thought about the idea of synthetics in this world. I knew there was data. I knew there was the guy that built data that looks like data. Mm-hmm. And, and and then that was it. You know what I mean? But like there's in the Borg, obviously. There, well, there's a big, it's funny, there's a main character in Star Trek Voyager, which yeah. was the, you know, two series after that. There was an emergency medical hologram. The doc, that ends up being just yeah. the doctor. Now, I've heard that he's played by Robert Picardo. Great actor. Yeah. he. I've heard he's been cast in season two. Cool. Well, be similar, he's also a synthetic. Yeah, it, which would be great. Although, same problem you have with Data. It's like, why did you age? <laughs> yeah. Data yeah, yeah. benefit. It's the lighting. He's left outside for too long. Benefit with Data is the way Data is used in this is is it's in, in memories. So it's a, it's fine that it's a little uncanny valley. Yes, but he doesn't look great. It's He got older. Like he, and, it, and it's just weird because he's a robot and he should. Yeah. But the way it uses old threats and kind of retools them into something new is exciting is yes. it's like we're 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 facing a conflict that again I, for me i haven't really seen us this show tackle before and again with the way the show ends the apparent alignment between two cla- mm-hmm. like actually probably the two most iconic yeah villains of the series it's mm-hmm. like what is this what does this mean mm-hmm. <laughs> the interesting thing about it i thought is that the two yeah they're combining kind of two races yeah is that that's set up in the other shows. Like, one of those is set up in Star Trek Nemesis, which was the last time we saw Picard, and one of those is set up in the finale of Voyager. So it kind of makes sense of the two of them. Also, just want to point this out. It's A lot of people didn't realize this, is that there is a line... If you're wondering, like, what Picard is about or whether I should watch it, like, a lot of it is about that the Romulan Romulus was destroyed I also, and that there's a refugee crisis. I like this. They lean into like it, it, major plot points happen in Nemesis, which is a movie nobody likes. Yeah. And, and the destruction of, of Romulus, which I, I enjoyed the, which Star Trek the 2009, 2009 movie. Yeah. Um, but I know people have issues with that, but I'm like, the, the, they're not, they're not washing over any continuity. Yeah, so, it all so, matters. So fun fact, even though that's like an alternate timeline movie, um, Alex Kurtzman, who wrote this pilot, yeah. co-wrote this pilot with like five other people. Or yeah, there was a like, lot of names look, on look, that. This was a hard episode to crack. Yeah. Yeah, you know? uh, he also like wrote a piece in the Star Trek. He's part of the script of Star Trek 2009. And yeah. it's funny because he sort of, with this pilot, retconned one of his own lines, which I think is amazing or made it matter. In 2009, there's a scene with Nero, played by Eric Bana, yeah. with Captain Pike. And he says, Captain Pike's like, why are you doing this? And he goes... Um, 
He goes, the Federation stood and did nothing while my world broke in half. And I'm like, holy crap. He took one line from 2009, and yeah. he's made it this entire season. Yeah. Cool. And, he, and he thought about the, the implications of, like, what would that mean for people like Picard? That, to them, Starfleet is, they do, their, and Picard kind of is a stand-in for a lot of Star Trek fans, because, like, wait, the Federation does the right thing. Yeah. So exactly. why don't they do the right thing? Yeah. Speaking of lines, there's one specific line that, like, this is, this is why Patrick Stewart is Patrick Stewart. He has um, uh, interview a kind of contentious interview that kind of unpacks that scene in the in the show. Show and and um, he's like, we need to save you know we need to save these lives on and, she, and the reporter's like Romulan lives. He's like lives. Mm-hmm. They're just lives. And the way he delivers it, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, damn, yeah, you know this guy's on point. Like mm-hmm. it's it, so that elements like I it's it'll be interesting to see. It, it, it almost feels like a prologue. We haven't really, there's, yes, we haven't yes, gotten it, on a ship I, yet. I, we haven't met the crew. I think they should have released maybe the first two episodes Possibly. together because, it, yeah, it really feels like we got half of an episode almost. Yeah. But that, that's like a big negative, I would say, of it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's nice to be back in that world. It's yeah. a solid hour. Yeah. Yes. TV? Cool. I mean, it sounds really cool. If without ads, it's like 45, 50 minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. it's a CBSL access yeah. version with ads and without, without ads. ads. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, though, a lot of people have asked me this question. If you have never seen any Star Trek ever before, you might be a little lost because yeah. they, d- they don't do a good job of explaining. They just like assume you know this stuff and move on. Yeah. Um, I, then I will be interested to know how I. Yeah. yeah. But I only know as much as what I just heard right now. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would honestly like there are some articles out there where people have like, oh, the five episodes to watch or before you watch Picard, I would maybe consider reading that or I would go find lots of people have it like the, everything you need to know before you watch Picard. Yeah. I'd maybe give that a glance, especially when they get into like I know seven of nine shows up and I yeah. and I even though I did not watch a lot of Voyager, like I know who mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, I have a cursory knowledge sure. of that stuff, but it's like it, it, do, it does assume that you have a little bit of. Uh, it's kind of like when you watch the DC Universe shows. They like, well, you, you know the app you're paying for, so we assume that you know. Like, you didn't stumble in the DC Universe app accidentally, so we're just going to kind of assume you know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels, <laughs> even though CBSL Access is not the Star Trek app, it might as well be. Um, it is the Star Trek app. I mean, like. And by the way, as a person who works for CBS, I want to thank you for paying for that because you're <laughs> keeping me employed. <laughs> well, very cool. But yeah. uh, Jason, what are you into? Anything? Movies, TV shows, You books? know, funny, um, I'm writing a new pilot um, for a thing, and I've, you know, I always try to read things that put me in that mindset, and yeah. the thing that I'm reading is actually a Star Trek thing. It's so funny. Um, so the very first Star Trek movie was the star trek the motion picture was released in 78 i believe Mm -hmm. um and i love that movie although it's a lot of people think it's 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 very much of the time like it's this very slow movie where this giant thing shows up and the enterprise like spends an hour driving through it and there's like beautiful special effects to be fair it was what like a couple years after 2001 and they're like let's just do that they did yeah (laughs) they basically did 2001 a space odyssey star trek um i love it because i think it's the it's the only star trek movie where the enterprise crew has to solve an unknown alien problem which is what they do in the tv show all the time and because the rest of the movie just make it like let's fight a supervillain let's punch a supervillain in yeah. the face hell yeah. so it's That's the one con still yeah. the best yeah, yeah, yeah. The best. so um what many people don't know is because gene roddenberry the creator of star trek was a crafty businessman he apparently made it when he sold the movie rights he put a clause in his contract where he got to write he got first option to write the novelizations of the movies mm. And the only one he did it for was Star Trek The Motion Picture. Last year was the 40th anniversary. They re-released it. Nice. I've been rereading the novelization as written by 
Gene Roddenberry. Now, here's the thing. Gene Roddenberry doesn't write prose books. Yeah. He wrote television shows. Yeah. So it's funny also because he's the creator of Star Trek. He adds scenes that are not in the movie. Yeah. And so there's like, there, it's like kind of like a reading an alternate take, but also like, it's interesting to I, I think when you read a book, you're really peering into somebody's mind. Like you, you're you're t- sort of time traveling back to that moment to when they're actually typing on the, on the more so than like a script or anything like that. And it's interesting, like feel like I'm living in Gene Roddenberry's mind. How is it in there? Uh, he, dude, the way he sees the universe is so like peaceful and lovely and like kind of. Um, He's very poetic, yeah, and more more so than I ever would have thought. So like, it's weird to like experience the motion picture, which I've seen a billion times, in like a completely new light. Yeah, and and just to hear like his he writes internal monologues for all the characters, and like That's to hear cool. Kirk's internal monologue, which we've never heard before, is just like crazy. So yeah. it's out there. They re-released a new version of it. That's the thing that I've really been getting into and being like, wow, Gene Roddenberry is like. So much smarter. He's a problematic man. If you do some research on him, he's very problematic. But mm. he created this franchise, and the way he looked at the world is just so unique. Yeah. So. Speaking of, I just want to say Star Trek movies that people poo-poo, but I remember very fondly, is in reading Picard, a lot of people have been throwing shade at Star Trek Generations. But I remember as a kid, that blew my freaking mind. Because for those that do not know, that is where Picard and Kirk teamed up. Yep. And it's oh, like, they did? Yes. I mean, and, I was going to ask yeah, later. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's mm, where they did. And mm. people were like, oh, the movie's not very good. It was like, yeah, but it's when Picard and Kirk teamed up. And that's Marvel's entire damn formula. <laughs> the last time I watched it, I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. I, but I, I remember it. I remember it put me to sleep. As a young, as a young person, I remember it, <laughs> no, it very I remember, fondly. It was a big deal. Yeah. They were on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah. And it was just like, because again, like, like you... And I don't know. It, it's yeah. grow, growing up with that stuff. It was it was very cool. So I just wanted to throw out there that I still remember. It's like Batman Forever. Listen, I haven't revisited in a while, but I remember liking it a lot as a kid. All right. Uh, well, for myself, I uh, last night introduced uh, to my girlfriend Hell or High Water, and also I haven't watched Ooh, it since so 2016, good. which is when it came out. Yeah. Also, forgot that I knew it was nominated for something. I didn't know it had four nom- Oscar nominations. Man, that movie kicks a lot of ass. Taylor Shed- Sheridan, I yeah. believe, is there. Uh, who? Yeah. Did, so, did anyone check out? Uh, Paramount series, a uh, Yellowstone. Anybody? No. I've heard it's great. I've heard it's great too. And I and after we started watching, uh, I found out that he worked on. It. I was like, oh. And I've heard good to mix things about yeah. Yellowstone, but it's also on the Paramount Network. So I'm like, I don't really. Yeah. Who has? Where, how do you even get that? It's on cable, but you have to like pay. For do I it? go to the gates of Paramount and say, please, please let me watch? Please, let, please, let, let, me, let, me, let me just let me drop me a can you... USB drive over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go download it and I'll, I'll throw it back over. Throw me a CDR. This is the only one we have. Give it back. Um, Knowing so, Paramount, that's probably true. That's yeah. really true. Uh, they're figuring out Netflix stuff. Um, yeah, no, I just rewatching Hell or High Water and introducing someone to that. I'm like, God damn it, this movie kicks a lot of ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the, uh, my girlfriend and I were talking, and it's just like, yeah, Chris Pine, so, for some reason, he's whenever I think of the Chris's, he's not the Chris that pops up in my brain first, oh, yeah. but he's always the one that fully <laughs> delivers in all of his movies, even if the movies aren't always good. He's very good in those movies. Yeah, I think my only real nitpick with Hell or High Water is that his preternatural prettiness kind of like... When he's next to Ben Foster, it's like, you two are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it's very easy to tell who the fuck up is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty easily. Oh, wait. Which one went to prison? Can I guess? <laughs> well, and also, I guess who shot his dad? <laughs> in that movie as well is, like, that's the... The, the long chain of Jeff Bridges being like, I'm just going to talk like this yeah. and you're going to make me sign my... Yeah. Uh, marble, marble Mouth is what I heard last yeah. night. I had never heard that before, but if you just watch, it's like, 
when do your teeth and lips touch yeah. when you're talking? Yeah. And it's like, it's fully just like, like, I don't think you learned any of your lines. You're just mumbling. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know when to start and when to stop. Uh, he does have one of the best lines in the movie and it still sticks yeah. with me. It's when um, he's in the bank interviewing one of the, the tellers who was one of the carries from Legion. That was yeah. kind of fun. Uh, when he's like, that man looks like he can foreclose on a bank. From Legion, the TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with, oh yeah, it's the female carry. So, oh, interesting. Um, but he says, uh, that man looks like he can foreclose on a bank. <laughs> he's like, I'll go talk to him. Yeah. Still hilarious. And then the rest of his lines are uh, racial jokes again about his partner. <laughs> but, it, it, but he... But, lesson, but, but lessons are learned. In yep. different era. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's set in 2016. Yeah, le- lessons are learned. Uh, Texas is sometimes a different country. West, yeah, sure. West yeah. Texas. And I like Texas. Yeah. yeah, West Texas, though, see, they do not paint it in a pretty, in no, a pretty no, light. No, 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 it no, does no. not seem fun. But uh, with that, I did want to mention, I saw something else that's worth... Mentioning, and here comes the mention. In three, <laughs> two, two, one. We've got and... this ad read for. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yes, let's say hi to one more friend joining us for 2020 Keeps. Now, two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. And the good news, with today's advancements in science, Keeps offers proven treatments that can combat the symptoms of hair loss and help you keep the hair you have at half the cost of your local pharmacy. You don't have to go broke to avoid going bald. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Plus, Keeps now offers prescription shampoo to keep your scalp healthy too. Ooh, I want that healthy scalp. Please That's important. Thank you. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments really work. They are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. So act fast. Many men even experience hair regrowth with Keeps treatment. Keeps has revolutionized the way men are treated for hair loss. Thanks to Keeps, we no longer have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now you can visit the doctor online and get your hair loss medication delivered to your home. No more waiting rooms and no more pharmacy checkout lines. Get doctor's attention and discreet drug delivery all from the comfort and privacy of your own home find out why keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly a hundred thousand men trust keeps for their hair loss prevention medication keeps treatment starts at just ten dollars a month plus for a limited time you get your first month free that's a hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair no being totally candid i've noticed a little bit of thinning up top it happens to uh, pretty much everybody i know <laughs> yeah and uh being completely candid i've noticed more growth on the sides of my head a bit of a homer simpson type situation so i'd like to get on top of that thankfully the people over at keeps were able to send over some of their products i've been testing them out and so far it's been just nice and easy to add it to my routine every day and that's been I, truly it's made me feel better about using it so if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash stupid to receive your first month of treatment for free Ooh. that's k-e-e-p-s dot com slash stupid one more time for the kids at home that's k-e-e-p-s dot com slash stupid so go check it out and keep your hair dang it now sam before we went into this you were trying to remember something did you remember it yeah let's go find out <laughs> that, that third thing if i may mention <laughs> podcast i've talked about it a lot off camera so i'll spare dj for doing the whole yeah. spiel again uh <laughs> radio does a podcast called behind the bastards mm-hmm. and i have not mentioned it on the show but it's one of the most well-researched shows i've ever listened to i just finished the one on we work did you do both parts yes <sighs> yeah <laughs> it's it's the guests that they bring on the show basically they just dive into the the most notorious bastards throughout history most recently since everyone found out that we work is basically insolvent financially they they dove into the ceo andrew neumann Mm -hmm. andy neumann or a neumann and uh, by that name oh yeah he's uh he's quite 
a man. Did not look the way I expected him to, though, when no, I looked him up. me neither. Yeah, yeah he, uh, and uh, basically, uh, I think it's Robert Evans brings on comedians or multiple comedians, and they sit down, and they just, he's he's an investigative journalist, so he sure, just reads sure. it off, and they dissect the lives of these, of these people, and he dives into everybody. I just finished one on the Kim family from North Korea, and that is interesting, how they're able to manipulate the world, and how Kim Jong-un is... M- Far more effective than his father and maybe his grandfather and oh. doing what he does. Yeah. And it's, we do, like, I don't want to dive into it, but it's so interesting the way Americans talk about it. And he's like, this piece was so hard to figure out what was real or not because China and America like to, like, dunk on North Korea's <laughs> and come up with propaganda that's just not true. So yeah. it's really hard to figure out what is and what isn't. And it's called true. Behind the Bastards? Behind no. the Bastards. Ah. The WeWork one was really interesting because it's basically built to be a cult. Like, yeah, behind- if you, if you, if you're going to add it to my podcast app right now. Yeah, if you're thinking, like, man, we're all fucked. I want to listen to something that makes me feel better. This is not that no. podcast. <laughs> uh, and also, just finished one. It's a live show on the terrible truth behind Sea Monkeys uh, <laughs> and also the man who invented all of those, like, what would you call this? Those gag purchases yeah. in the back of old comic books? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know about you, but I definitely got Sea Monkeys as a kid. and uh, I never did. I never partook. It oh, always seemed weird. Well, good, good because... I'm glad I never uh, did. Part of that money definitely went to the Aryan Nation. <laughs> like, right. You should dive into that. I was like... Uh, but they were like, not up until 1995. So I bought them after. Yeah, so you're in the clear. You're I'm in the on clear. the good. But yeah. everybody else, I'm sorry to say, yeah. Bad News Bears, that guy <laughs> is... Oh, no, is well, right. here's the thing. They found out. They're like, oh, he's such a big supporter. What you guys know anything about his history? He's like, well, he's Jewish, and they're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, anyways, well worth diving into. Yeah. So many different topics. Some will make you bummed, but usually you'll laugh throughout the whole thing because they are very funny. Yeah, they're very so, intelligent individuals. Speaking of being bummed, I guess <laughs> I guess that's my transition. Speaking of North Korea, we're gonna, speaking of North Korea, we're going to dive into. This is something that's been interesting me for a while, and so um, well, we were talking about having Jason on for a minute. Yeah, and so I figured this was a good alignment. Of things, I wanted to talk about. I'm very interested in comic book publications that went away. Because especially in the 90s, when we all were kids, there was the big the speculator boom. That's where we got Image, which thankfully is around and doing significantly mm-hmm. more interesting mm-hmm. things than it did then. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of publishers that came out. Valiant came out and yep. they went away and they would have been a part of this, but now they're back and they have a movie coming out in a few and months. And they went again and then they came back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, um, but. <laughs> Must be stressful in those offices. <laughs> Um, they made a deal with Acclaim Video Games, but that's a that's another you yeah, know yeah. that's another rabbit hole. They're around, so we're not going to dive five into that. Hours on Valiant, yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on? Uh, do you have a favorite Valiant character? Exo Manowar. Exo Manowar. That's a good one. I, I'm a big. The, I'm sorry, he's the only good one. Uh, well, no, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> there was a recent run on Ninjak where they rebranded Ninja K mm. that I, I was a big fan of. Qu- Quantum they, and Woody is maybe a close. Oh, Quantum and Woody actually yeah, is my yeah, favorite because yeah. uh, they had a run that was hilarious. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. And I liked uh, Livewire led a team of like I don't know what they're, they're called. Metahumans. No, no, no. no. Yeah. The one I oh, read God, was God, God, the God. Metahumans who got. Who where they would do the thing to make them give powers, and they all got pointless fucking powers. So oh, they all funny. teamed up. It's like a guy who can turn to stone, but he can't move once he does it. <laughs> He's so, got to hold his breath. <laughs> so it's all, they all became like Cipher from the X Men, where like his superpower is I know foreign languages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although Cipher now is like crazy yeah, important. Really, yeah. yeah, Jonathan Hickman did crazy, but anyway. And also, if we're being honest, if you actually got one of those powers, if it's not Wolverine, he's got the most convenient sure. one. It's like, like yeah, knowing languages in the in this mm-hmm. world, that's better than I beams. What yeah. am I going to do with I beams? Well, anyway. I think about like Gambit, everything you touch like explodes. <laughs> 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 
But no, this is about the I'll, ones. I want to be the jelly guy with the skeleton that floats around on the inside. I don't know his wait, name. Wait, wait. I don't know the powers. I don't care. I just like the look. What if you're, what if you're walking around Krakoa and you're like, hey, buddy, welcome. What's your power? It's like, oh, I squirt peanut butter from this hand and jelly from this hand. Yeah. <laughs> no way. And this other guy's like, I make bread. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Like, we can't grow that here. <laughs> So this is about um, this is about the ones that went away, and I think one of the most recent ones is um, actually from one of the big two. It was their adult line, DC's Vertigo line, yeah. which actually is kind of apropos because I just read um, the most recent issue of John Constantine Hellblazer, which that run, the new one that's under the Sandman imprint, is actually really good. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Big Sandman, the Sandman imprint is making some really good yeah. stuff. But that was part of Vertigo. That like, was part of Vertigo. Injection of new content. For like, those that don't know, Vertigo was was kind of a spinoff of. Um, um, things that were DC proper, but maybe more adult, like uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing and Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Um, I just got Sandman, Sandman, uh, Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol Omnibus, which is, yeah, I think it was made it's just pre, recently enough that it was Vertigo. Yeah, I don't think they're probably rebranding that now to Black Label, but yeah, yeah. anyway, but it, it was published pre-Vertigo. Um, then, but then they kind of got yeah. lumped into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there, we've got Preacher, which had a yes. show on AMC. The comics better than the show. Yes, um, one of my all-time ride or die uh, favorite comics ever is Hundred Bullets. That was Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Why the Last Man? Yeah, Why the Last Fables. Man? Fables. Fables. Oh yeah, Fables. Yeah. So a lot of um, I Zombie for fans of that show. Yes. The is very different than the show, but that was Sheriff of Babylon. Oh yeah, that was like the last it good was one. One of the last. It, <laughs> it was the last good one. Yeah. Um, there was a uh, Border Town was okay, and then all that that mm, stuff happened. Yeah, let's and, then sec- that. and then Second Coming, but uh, then but, they ditched but, it. Oh, yeah. the, the original, the the original Hellblazer. Um, God, yeah. There's so many. Like yeah. there's just like you could just keep going with like great Vertigo titles. And it started to um, when did Vertigo like Vertigo kind of went away. For a minute, and then they tried to bring it back, mm-hmm. and it just didn't. It never materialized. It was around last year is when they, or, or no, I'm getting my dates confused. 2017 last year, yeah. uh, they were trying to do the uh, introduction of the Sandman universe stuff that was under Vertigo slightly, but then they did Vertigo titles that they announced with like, Border yeah, we got Town like Border Town yeah. Hex Wives. It was Hex Wives. Yeah. I read two issues. It was of that. kind of around. It was just post DC Rebirth. Yeah. So when when the new Fifty Two happened in two thousand eleven, they they were still publishing. Like Fables was still going, but Fables ended about a couple years after that. And Fables was kind of the last big book because Vertigo was really known for these hundred issue runs, these yeah. fifty issue runs, these long great runs. And when Fables ended. That was kind of like the last one. And yeah. then from there, it just became these little tiny miniseries. And none of them really popped. Like, none of them made any... But you could also tell that DC at the time was sort of ignoring Vertigo. Yeah. And so they tried to relaunch it after Rebirth. And they, they relaunched a whole bunch of titles. And kind of none of them took off. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I was, I'm looking at the the... A lot of the ones they relaunched, like one of them, you know what? I'm not going to say the names. I, I checked out a few of them, and none of them were very good. Yeah. Well, um, the best one on this list is Second Coming, which got ditched and went to a Hoy comic, which is a great book. It's by a the way, really by good book. Yeah, it, it's a really good book, and I think probably the death of I, I attribute the death of Vertigo to the renaissance of Image Comics because a lot of mm. books that would have been Vertigo books, yeah. Went to Image, and I think it's because the bigger creators had a little bit more freedom over at Image than they would have at Vertigo, because it is part of the big two. Well, a little inside baseball, um, every title that was ever launched at Vertigo 
Um, you have to give a piece of the ownership to Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner Brothers gets a piece of it. The, that's the whole reason why it took a decade or more to see a preacher television show is because Warner Brothers didn't want to make it. And then Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon had some sort of clause where it was like, we, because I think they launched Preacher in 95 and it was like a 20 year clause. Yeah. And that's the reason why we got the Preacher television show in 2015. Because yeah. like as soon as they got the rights back, they were like, TV show now. Um, so I agree, agreed. Like if you have the option between having full creative control yeah. and having to give up like 25%, you're going to go full creative control Espe- every time. Especially if you're one of the bigger creators. Like yeah. if, you're, if you're a little guy, having the pull of a, of a DC title under yeah. the DC brand is, is great because, um, you know, you've released any comics. Yeah. Um, even if you get under image, you still have to do all the damn you late do work. a lot of work. I mean, yeah. I, I'll tell you this, man. It, the saddest thing about Virgo going away because there was a time in the mid 90s to early 2000s where Vertigo was publishing the best comic books Hands out down. there. Like they were just so good. And to be honest with you, there's a part of my brain where I'm like, man, I never got to write a Vertigo comic. Yeah. Like, I never got a comic book that had Vertigo on it. And that's a damn shame because some of my favorite comics of all time are Vertigo comics. Yeah. There's something, it's it, now the biggest thing you have to talk about Vertigo is that you cannot talk about Vertigo comics without mentioning. Karen Berger. Yeah, the, we've even got in the chat. Danny M says, once Vertigo lost Karen Berger, yeah. it was over. Yeah, Karen Berger, uh, From if you don't know who that is, she's a great DC editor, but she is the one that's basically attributed with the reason why Alan Moore, Grant Mar- Morrison, Neil Gaiman, Mark Miller, all those British, Pete Milligan, yeah. British great writers came over to DC was because of Karen Berger. Yeah. And I've always heard uh, that Vertigo owes everything to Karen Berger and that once she left that like it was just a it was a countdown until Vertigo was done wait a, oh. a woman in comics what I know what a, a woman a, what? a woman what? helped spearhead some of the best comic books of all what time you, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah it's 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 disappointing but I, I will say silver lining yeah. um, uh, do we know where Karen Berger she went to I believe Dark Horse and she created her own line called Burgers Books. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if they but they they've been like very sporadic. They've been yeah. like one or two here. I don't know actually know if that imprint still but that was like 2 years ago. Well, right? God bless her. Anybody yeah. that uh, brought Grant Morrison in on more in my life is is yeah. a saint in my opinion. Yeah. Um I, I silver lining though. I do like I like what DC's doing with these pop-up prints. With like Young oh, Animal, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the Sandman universe, uh, Wonder Comics have uh, uh, most of those Wonder Comics are like really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the the disappointment with Black Label is they're all DC properties. There's not yeah. like new things. Yeah, but like except um, for like the Last God, Last God. But like yeah. Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman Dead Earth by Daniel Warren Johnson that was a great book. is really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and so I like the I like. I like what they're in the young kids line. I like that they're trying yeah. to uh, court younger readers because that's how we all got sucked into this. Yeah, they're doing a big push for like not just graphic novels, but also just like just regular like written books. Yes, and, and <laughs> like uh, Superman smashes the clan is one of my favorite comics of last year. Like yep. it's really really good, and it's targeted mm-hmm. to young audiences. Yeah. You know? Well, they're targeting because like we're go- like. Again, more inside baseball. We we did single issues on Jupiter Jet Volume One. Yes, and the thing you learn really quickly about single issues, and this is true for every book, every comic, book, Marvel, DC, everything. Your first issue sells really well. Mm-hmm. Your second issue sells fifty percent of that. Yeah, and then the struggle becomes: Can you maintain the numbers of issue two? 
Now, because we were a book starring a character that nobody had ever heard of and we were from a smaller company, we lost 50% every single issue. Mm-hmm. Our first issue was like one of the best action lab selling books that year. And then it was 50%, 50%, 50%. So this year we were like, we're not even going to fight that. Yeah. We're just doing a trade. It's yeah. one book. You can buy the one book. And that's the way the book market set up. That's where DC's going. I think that's where the future of comic books is. Yes. I think it's seasons. It's like release one book, and then you don't get another one for six months. Yeah. But it's yeah. the same artist the whole way through. I like yeah. that, though. Yeah. It, it feels it feels narratively tighter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like with Naomi, that's the closest example I can think of of doing something. Season second coming is the same way, where they're yeah. doing six to seven issues yeah. and saying peace for about six months, and then they'll come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also, I, I've thought there's a way, it's not like a one-to-one comparison, but for a long time, like if I were to buy a vinyl of a record, um, that would come with the digital download yeah. of those songs. And I know they do that for individual issues, but that feels like a weird... It, it feels, you do it for the OGM. Yeah, just, just yeah. again, so the individual issues are digital. Yeah. If you buy the collected, you want the collection on your shelf, you get all those digital, just like tracks on an album. You like get it. all I'll, those. I would even pay... Like you know, because most trades are like fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. I'd pay twenty ninety nine if it if it guaranteed yeah. the OGN that I'd have access to. And you may you uh, do a little nicer quality because that's the other cool yeah. thing about the black label books is the print quality is a little bit nicer. Yes. So if you mm-hmm. if you did that for the whole collection, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I I uh, love my comic shop. I don't want to see it go anywhere. So I'm hoping that it things are able to evolve in a way yeah. that allows yeah, yeah. the best of both worlds situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really curious. Each, I'd uh, love you guys to name what's your favorite Vertigo book of all time? Hunter Bullets. You're Hunter Bullets. Hunter Bullets. Uh, Why the Last Man? Why the Last Even Man? though Fables was really, I, it, I being totally candid, like once it got to like the Dark Man stuff, I was like, this is not bad. Then when it started to wrap up, it felt like they were rushing to the end mm-hmm. there a little bit. So, and that, that sucks, but overall, really loved it. Why yeah. the Last Man, through and through, I will revisit that book. Like, I think I've read it through three times now. Uh, I'm going to do it again before the FX show starts. Mm. It was... If that ever happens. I remember (laughs) I finished... I've told this story before, but I finished the last um, issue, or last couple issues at a VidCon one year, because that's when I was just... That's when it was landing. Sure. And I was sitting by the pool and I was reading it. I started crying. (laughs) Because I I was just like... But but I don't want to spoil it. By the way, fun fact, I, uh, I got a chance through my job to read the script for the, oh, yeah. for the original showrunner that they were going to do on yeah. FX. It is so good. Cool. Nice. It was so good. I was so mad when they didn't happen. Uh, my favorite Vertigo is Preacher. Mm-hmm. I think really without good. a doubt, Preacher is like one of my favorite comic books of all time. What did you think of the show? Um, it has good moments, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite get there. Yeah. I actually, to be honest with you, I think the best thing the show did was expand the role of God. Like, mm. Because the actor they cast for God, I thought was perfect, yeah. and like he was really good. So every time we had a scene with God, because you you barely see God in the book, like yeah. he's in maybe three issues, but in the show they were like, nah, he's in the entire fourth season, and you're like, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, I think they lost it. I think they, it was well cast. The cast is so good. Yeah, Ruth Negga especially stood out to me when I was watching and it. Pip Torrens as Star was okay. so good. Um, but I don't think I got that. Um, <laughs> oh, he's I, great. I think I bailed. Before I think that he happened. shows up in season three. Okay. Um, I, I went through the whole way just to do it, um, but yeah, they don't they don't quite get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, and it's a bummer. But again, I will say that if that I feel like that energy, a lot of image books, are, especially think about the creators we're, we're talking about, like yeah. sagas over at Image now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I think Garth Ennis' most recent thing is that new Punisher Nam book. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's doing all right. He's got the boys yeah, on Amazon Prime. Uh, another big one <laughs> that that uh, we might see again. 
I, God, I hope so. They've announced it like 70 goddamn times. Well, it's interesting because when I was researching it, they, they did an announcement, I think, back in, um, they were saying 2018, it's going to happen. And then they got like sued by one of the, uh, uh, Dwayne McDuffie's widow. Yeah. Um, and it's a, we're talking about Milestone Media. And for those that don't know, Milestone Comics, those that don't know, you'll probably most famously know uh, because Static Shock. Static Shock, a very, yeah. very successful cartoon yeah. that was that was technically part of the DC animated mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Justice League Unlimited episode where they go to Batman Beyond's future. was so cool. Yes. And in uh, Young Justice, they took a lot of the Milestone characters and brought yeah, them Yeah, Icon over. is there. Rocket is there. And I don't quite know why that's still able to happen, but we can't have the comics because it's a... It, Beyond Static, yeah. there's Icon, who is kind of, uh, and, and it's before I dive into Icon, it's important to say that the kind of the mission statement of Milestone was it was a lot of uh, creators of color um, that realized, they were like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> there aren't any characters, <laughs> really, you know what I mean? Yeah. So trying to resolve that, and so you've got characters like Icon that is, uh, uh, is bare bones as the black Superman, but it's significantly more complicated than that. Yeah, he, he was he was a Superman that landed during the Civil War. Yeah, Oof. and he was yeah. on a plantation yeah. and was raised under slaves, and you yeah. know what I mean? And he actually ended up being pretty conservative, and other characters viewed him as kind of a sellout. So a sidekick Rocket was there to help widen his perspective. And then um, you've got characters like Hardware, which again, just this is a poor description, but it's kind of like a black, black Iron, Iron Man. Man. But he's not the one in charge of the company. He's wor- It's kind of similar to Steel. Yeah. He's the one working for a, a very well, and, bad person. And Static is basically black Spider-Man. Man. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they're but they're uh, the one that interests me the most that I feel like we could get a lot of mileage out of, out of is actually the Blood Syndicate. Oh, interesting. Because it was because it's two rival, it's two rival <laughs> gangs that were caught in the Big Bang, which is the event that made the metahumans in yeah. the Dakotaverse, which is what Milestone's called. Because they're set in Dakota City. Yeah, yeah. And and then the two Love gangs merge into like this team of antiheroes, like this one gang. But they're not villains, but they're not really heroes. And it's it's really interesting and complicated. And briefly, they were integrated into the DC universe. And then um, with New 52, very much like Static was there from the jump. Yeah. And then it just kind of evaporated. They, 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 stuff. Yeah. So in the 90s, so I found out about the Milestone universe because in the 90s, all the Superman titles did this storyline called Worlds Collide, mm-hmm. where the Dakota characters came over. And that's where they said that they were in a different world. And so they were in a different world then. And then in the mid-2000s, when Dwayne McDuffie wrote Justice League, they just said, oh, Dakota is a city out there, and here's Icon, and he joined the Justice League for a while. And him cool. and Superman were supposed to have been friends for a while. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And then in the new 50, so, but then they like said they weren't, and then, I, I'll tell you what, I have a weird connection to the Milestone universe because, um, I, again, when I read that Worlds Collide storyline, like I devoured all the Milestone I could find, and I love, I love it, I love it, I love it. It's, it's, it's not aged so well recently, but it's fine. I think it's still great. I think those characters are great. I, I think it was 2017. I was at New York Comic Con, yeah, and I was that's when I was working for DC All Access, and I was on the live stream, and we did went to one of our breaks, and one of our producers like said like, oh, we're gonna do this next segment. And I was like, oh, what's it about? And they were like, they just made this announcement on a panel. They're bringing back the Milestone universe. And I can, I swear, sw- I swear to God, I literally went, yes! Like, yeah. I, they were like, what? And I was like, are you kidding me? They're finally yeah. doing it? I was so excited. So it's crazy to me that it still hasn't happened. It still hasn't happened. I mean, they announced a line of books and it might... And, and Grant Morrison was writing one of them. Yeah, and it's, and it's, yeah. it's tough which, because... Do you know which one? Uh, the ones that they announced, and it doesn't give creators here, but I have in front of me. They announced Milestone, which is probably like uh, Wild Storm was mm-hmm. for. It's like the the Everything. over over branching one. A new Static series, of course. Um, Duo, which was based on a character from Zombie, which was one of those books. Earth M and and Love Army. I believe Grant Morrison was writing Earth M. 
Yeah, and it's it, it's a bummer because the, and they had art for it too. That like in yes. the promotions, yeah. So they, it was really like I said, cool. the, the panel, the panel, if I remember right, was just it was just the panel where they were going to talk about the Milestone universe. And then I remember people being like, "Why is Grant Morrison here?" Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "Oh yeah, the panels actually we're bringing it back. Here's all the art." Yeah, <laughs> and it's and, and people it's, were like, Pfft. "Yeah, I was super excited because I don't, I don't. I mean, I could." dive deeper and go yeah, yeah. and find places to read it but mm-hmm. I when I go to my comic shops there's nothing that I could read yeah. from this and so and that's a bummer like I've, I as a kid of course it was like WB Kids where they yeah. had static and I'd watch like episodes and I'm like this is cool and Batman showed up I was like that's pretty cool too and reading up on it the Milestone media was able to print through DC but they wore like yeah. they didn't have the they, editorial they like, have oversight tra- they have trades I think of like a, about four or five years ago DC published like the first ten issues of each of their titles and that's as far as they went yeah. so if you can track down those trades, and I think a bunch of them might be on like the DC Universe app. I think Which you can would be read great, and it's just disappointing because one, uh, from just a publication standpoint, they're doing these pop-up imprints, so yeah. this is the perfect time to do that. But also, the problem that Milestone was created to solve still exists. Yes. It's yes. still yes. a problem. Yes. And these, I, I was talking a little bit about this before the podcast. One of the things I like a lot about the DC Universe is the way... You look at Marvel, and part of the appeal of that is it's like three or four creators basically created everybody. everything. And so it's very unified. On the other hand, the appeal of DC is it's just like you've got the Chaos. question from Steve Ditko, and you've got um, Shazam from the Fawcett universe, and you've got Superman and Batman who are also different creators. And it's and it's it, for me, it's it's almost a more interesting because it's it's less organic. It's just all these different... It's, it's more like our, the world we live in because it's so many boom, things I was just thrown together. Say that. I was just going to say, I was like, it, weirdly, even though like the DC Universe is about like gods and stuff yeah. and the Marvel Universe is more realistic, because all the the DC heroes are weird and different, it makes them feel almost like the real world. Yeah. You know? Because they would be. It yeah. wouldn't be so... It's it's like when everybody's like, well, the Daredevil Netflix show couldn't cross over because it feels different than it. It should feel different, yeah. man. Like in the world we live in, we've got we've got uh, uh, mercenaries and guys that do exorcisms. That exists in our world. Those people exist <laughs> yeah. on the on the same anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I think it'd be cool. Like I, I kind of wish, and probably for the best now. But when they relaunch Justice League with New Fifty Two, as cool as it is that Cyborg's in mm-hmm. Justice League, why not Static? You know what yeah. I mean? Because they could use that. The universe could use. Do you know that. how much a a, a Static Shock? movie yes would be like spider-verse level proportions like people there's such a fan that cartoon one was good yeah and two that character i think is more beloved than people realize and i think if they were to do a static shock movie it would introduce a brand new generation like we did to miles but also like all of us that remember that cartoon would just go crazy about it, it would yeah. it's printing money yeah mm-hmm. an um, animated movie like that would be pretty fucking yeah. cool and i don't know what the legal like i don't know what lawyer is stopping this yeah mm-hmm. what what the reasons are and it's it's one of those the people that help create this should definitely be compensated for that and be a part of this but i hope whatever gets whatever's holding it back gets resolved because these characters are great and i think they'd be a great addition if if it's their own universe awesome but also i think they'd be a great addition to just be integrated into the dcu proper yeah and like you said a a static i would love to see a static movie i think it would do really well the character's abilities are cool yeah the way he uses the abilities are cool and uh and he's popular and according to danny m in the chat they say they only see static shock in the dcu and that's probably the oh. new 52 run it's probably not the classic probably, it's yeah. not probably not, cl- not yeah. the classic marvel run mm. um so here's the thing that kind of got me on this 
to begin with is I remember as um, a young lad, there was a cartoon um, called, it was probably like Ultraverse or Ultra Force, whatever. But it, it was a bunch of superheroes that came from Malibu comics. Again, this was back, like, Savage Dragon had a cartoon. Spawn had a cartoon for a minute. Everybody was like, everybody was trying to get their, I think it was. Came, Wildcats. Wildcats. And I yeah. think it's. I think it came from uh, looking at Ninja Turtles, which the comic was not intended for kids. Yeah. But it became a significant. <laughs> I think it's safe to say significantly successful kids mm-hmm. brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, well, maybe we can do that. Um, and then it went away. Malibu Comics went away. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole recently. Of, Did you reread some Malibu Comics? No, I don't even have any. I don't <laughs> even have any. But I don't know I, if you I, can I buy went, them anywhere. No. I, went to, I wanted to know. You know what, what got me on this rabbit hole is uh, we were doing a video on um, Men, Men in Black, Black which mm-hmm. was, yeah. was, a, comic. was a Malibu comic. But I remember as a kid, the movie says a Marvel, Marvel comic, but then the cartoon said a Malibu comic. And that confused me. And what I found out is Marvel <laughs> bought Malibu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what? Because again, I, my DC brain, well, when DC bought uh, the Charlton comics, those, all those characters became things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what yeah. happened to the Malibu comics? Yeah. Um, and the, again, like Milestone, it's probably a bunch of legal bullshit. Yeah. That, that they're like, oh, we, we sign NDAs, we can't say bullshit. You just don't want to, you just don't want to tell us. Mm-hmm. But for those, do you have any history with, with Malibu? Okay, the two things I know about Malibu is I remember that when Marvel bought Malibu. There were all these ads because I was reading. This was like the height of onslaught and the height of like X Men yeah. being like crazy and insane and Joe Madera drawing it. They had ads where Juggernaut was suddenly leading a team of like these other heroes, and I was like, "What?" And, yeah. and there were the Malibu. Like they they started sticking certain Malibu characters in the Marvel universe, and they started sticking certain Marvel characters in the Malibu universe. And I was like, what is going on here? And then I remember they released a really bad action figure line that looked terrible in stores. I remember <laughs> seeing it. But the big one for me about Malibu is the terribly named Nightman. Yes. Uh, and they made a live action TV show. Yeah. He was a jazz singer that drove a prowler. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Whoa. And, if you and that meant he was cool. Yeah. Oh, very, oh, very, still very. He cool. played the sax. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what was weird about that show, and I never watched it, but I did see images of it. The way yeah, the character, is. the way the character was drawn, like he has this weird, like his his one eye like pops out where they tried to recreate that for the show. And it looks stupid. Oh, it That's looks really. And I, I know that picture. Yeah, I don't even know if it's supposed to be. He looks great in the comic books, but yeah, in live action, you're just like, what? See, what look, is we happening? Just, we just saw a cover that said Nightman and Gambit, and you're like, what? Yep. Yeah, and uh, Nightman and Gambit, here you go. And mm-hmm. then I was familiar with a character that I believe his name, his name was Prime. And they put it both together, see, because Nightman's from New Orleans. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, but there's a character named Prime that was basically a modernization <laughs> of the whole Shazam yeah, he was a situation. Kid. He was a little kid that became mm-hmm. a, like, but what I love about uh, Prime, I found this image when I was going into it. Uh, because it's a little kid's perception of what a superhero is, like he's, but it, it's kind of like the Hulk, where, where it's a physical transformation. Like this, this goo comes out of him and becomes the thing, and then he like sheds it. It's like super gross. But I like because it's supposed to be the superhuman whatever. The proportions are insane. Insane. Oh, so, so gross. They don't That's make funny. any so, sense. So oh my gross. god! It's so fucking that feels, funny. That feels like the nineties. Yeah. It, you know yeah. what? It does. It, it feels oh, like the nineties. So gross. We're Look looking at a Power of Prime comic. You yeah. Can find oh the cover. That's god. so. It's like that gross. image of uh, Rob Liefeld's Captain America, but it's like not an accident. Have you? <laughs> yes. Have you? It it's kind of reminds me, although it's, it's not that far. Have you guys seen any of the? Um, 
the DC Nation little short cartoons that they've done. These yes. comics. Yeah. There's a great Shazam one that they keep doing. And when when he says when Billy says Shazam, they do this thing where. Um, it's not he all transforms at the same time. Like his arm goes pop, his arm goes pop, his leg goes pop, pop, and then he's like he has a little kid's head and a little bit of torso, and then, <laughs> and then his head goes pop, yeah. and then his torso goes pop. So it's like boop, 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 and like That's it great. just looks so weird. Yeah, but it like because he gets like balloon arms, kind of like that. I yeah. think or the other one of those shorts is um, I think it's it might even be voiced by like somebody like Weird Al or something, an Animal Man short. Yeah, the where, Animal Man shorts are yeah, great. where he's trying to like like a he tries to save like a squirrel from being hit by a car, and so he does all this destruction yeah. to try and save the animal. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny um but yeah so it's like a lot of these well i dove into it looking at men in black and i'm glad the men in black didn't get like attributed to marvel comics because that'd be just kind of confusing oh yeah that oh point. yeah like, why, mm-hmm. why are we covering this up there's a bunch of well, aliens we work with <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> yeah. like yeah. we don't need to especially cover with this like up. shield for, and I, I could be completely wrong but from what i remember i think marvel bought malibu in the middle of production of men in black mm. The and movie, the movie, yeah. yes, and that's the reason why that that tag was switched. Yeah, that and makes sense. they are significantly different. The yeah. comic oh, to yeah. the oh yeah, the, the the comic is all supernatural entities, basically, not mm-hmm. just aliens. Which yeah. we we talked about in the video we did, which was really fun to write because just diving, I also dove into the person who created the term Men in Black, and it's so funny how many people lie all the time about what they yeah. see. Like they like, there's proof that like. Anyways, Witness accounts are like the most unreliable evidence at all of if, all time. If, you, like we've seen in The Outsider. Yeah. Oh, mm, this that, context is different. I do recommend that show. Though. Um, so a big rumor about Marvel purchasing Malibu was that they did it because uh, Malibu had the uh, state of the art coloring at the time. So um, that's the same reason why DC bought Wildstorm. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Um, exact those, same reason. Those are also characters that also I think sh- should be integrated. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the ch- Jim, Jim Lee's like, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if you guys bought my old company for a lot of money like what that maybe i'll draw batman yeah hey <laughs> you buy, pay me a million dollars a year yeah um but uh but uh they uh, so the rumor was that, that marvel wanted the the coloring company but since then um different people come out and debunk that specifically roland mann oh. who was an editor of malibu he said um, yes, it's true that Malibu had uh, premier state-of-the-art coloring at the time. However, let me assure you, it would have been far cheaper for Marvel to simply hire the coloring staff away. Image, quote, <laughs> stole several of top colorists as they began to come on strong. Marvel could simply have hired the entire crew for less than one-tenth of what it ultimately paid. Not only that, they could have simply hired only one of about ten of the color, quote, captains and built their own in-house system. If the reason for the purchase was a coloring system, why did they shut, uh, shut it down in about a year and a half? I've never heard the, quote, printing thing before. I guess there was also rumors about printing. Sure. Um, but it's laughable. Printers are available uh, to anybody and everybody. Malibu is not using exclusive printer. The What is more likely and what people have been talking about in these interviews is that um, DC had been in talks to buy Malibu. Mm. And Marvel was like, no, no. And I think it, not, it, it would have made DC the biggest publisher, I think, in the sense of amount of books sure probably not in in the amount of sales because i think marvel's been king in that for a while but marvel didn't want that type of competition so marvel bought malibu instead just so dc couldn't have them and i think this is a couple years before marvel went bankrupt right probably yeah (laughs) Yeah, probably um uh, making a lot of uh, not so smart money moves yeah um and it worked out for them in the end (laughs) yes it did it all worked out um but yeah and that's that's why um you think it did because of the movie 
do you think Marvel like also you think about it like if they found out that DC was doing this and then they also heard about this movie starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, do you possibly. Think, do you think they were like, oh man, we gotta get it, we gotta get yeah. it? Maybe, but and also now it's but it's made by well, I guess Columbia Pictures. Everyone was throwing stuff to different studios at the time, so never mind. I was gonna have it a, an equivalency that didn't make any sense. Yeah, so we no. weren't. It's funny, like because like modern movie making, we're sort of going back to the studio system of the 1930s, where certain actors only work with certain studios. And you're kind of directors are locked in. Yeah. Whereas, like, no, in the '90s it was a free for all. It didn't matter like, if your production company was CBS. Disney would make your movie. It didn't yeah. matter. Yeah, it was interesting too because um, uh, and that that kind of like studio system goes kind of across the board because uh, my wife and I have been watching The Witcher and the we saw the director of the fourth episode and she recognized the name and she looked it up and what did he direct? Daredevil. Luke K- like it was yep. a litany of Netflix stuff and yep. it's the same thing with HBO directors and the same thing like you going back to that kind of like. You know, everybody's getting the same phone calls from the from the same mm-hmm. same companies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's that's a whole other that's Side a whole note, other uh, going So on. that that metric came out that at least seventy two million people watched two minutes of the Witcher series. <laughs> and it's like that's weirdly sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah. couldn't watch more of that. At least two minutes. So I'm, more people watched a lot of it. I'm one of the twenty seven that has not watched any of the Witcher. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I, uh, I well, right, so try, no. I, well until last night, and I watched oh. the first two minutes. And I'm taking um, that back. Sorry, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> I stole it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I watched it again. I'm just trying to... It's not getting me. It's I not. get it. You know, and it might not. Because I will... I've, I think I may have said this in the last episode or whatever. We're, we're now in episode four, so we're about halfway through. And it, it's, it's wild, man. I think I did a, a tweet about it. It feels like... It feels like a He-Man show. If, yeah. if you, in the sense, it feels like an adaptation of... Uh, a cartoon from the 80s that was made simply to sell a toy line. Sure. And there's specifically a song. You probably heard about the song, uh, Toss a Coin. And it feels, and it's, it, there's a bard character who sings in it. It feels like that was the original theme song that they found a way to work in. <laughs> but if you watch it, and somebody else compared it to, uh, to like a modern day Hercules or Xena with like a better budget. Oh, interesting. It's got those vibes. It's definitely kind of like, it's weird because I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's kind of silly and kind of corny and it sounds like I'm dissing it and I'm not like no, it's, it's, just, it's just the tone yeah it's just really fun and Henry Cavill is like oh this is what you should this is what you should be doing like this stuff because you're because it's you're you're given more room can than I, he was a Superman can I know? ask for the comparison because again I haven't seen it it like is, is it kind of the same feeling as like look the Arrowverse shows are kind of goofy and silly. They're not high drama, but yeah. they're fun, but that's the tone of the show. Is is Witcher, I mean, I'm not comparing it to that tone, but yeah, yeah, Witcher's yeah. kind of like that. Like, it's yeah, not it's high of, drama. I think what we're used to when it comes to fantasy stuff now is Lord of the Rings or Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones, yeah. which kind of, like, tried to do it more grounded. And this feels like more of, like, an 80s, almost, there's elements when they get the monsters, like, like Hammer Beast or... Master. Yeah, like, right. like, it's like, hey, we're just here to have fun. Or Crawl. Yeah. You know that movie. Yeah, yeah. no, but that's a good, like... <laughs> Crawl like, have the glave? Is that the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a giant star. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Throw it. And so it's like we're <laughs> here to have fun. It's so bad. And not, that there's not, not that there's not drama. Not that there's not. But the, the first episode I think is the toughest because it's mostly just um, Geralt and the girl Siri, and the Siri storylines are tough. Once we uh, introduce Yennefer, which is in episode two, her stuff is interesting. And Geralt, any one props to Henry Cavill because he find, finds a way to be add humor to the role and okay. like make it make the character more three-dimensional than i think mm-hmm. the show mm-hmm. this really allows him but anytime he fights anything ever it is amazing it is so fucking e- cool every hand-to-hand like what hand that's not hand it's sword to sword but yeah. uh any like melee combat is 
unbelievably impressive. If you, yeah, the, the, there's a sword fight that ends episode one that is kick-ass. There's a monster fight at the end of episode three that fucking... It was just so... And again, like, blows my mind. It's not, not like it's doing anything new, but it was so cool. Like, yeah. he did things that were so cool. I was t- I, I did say this on the show. There's a part... Because in the Witcher world... Did you ever play the games? No. In the Witcher world, silver hurts monsters. Just across the board, silver hurts that monsters. That tracks. They, they yeah. shoot, shoot a werewolf silver, man. So he has to... There's this monster that... Uh, they, they call it a, a living abortion. Basically, it's like somebody... Tried to curse this kid and it came out as a monster and to cure it he needs to fight it till sunrise he needs to keep it from its tomb until sunrise so he's just trying to stall so in the middle of the fight he reaches in the pocket and he pulls out a knuckle duster that's silver and each knuckle is like a wolf's head and it's like fuck yeah man fuck yeah this is so cool so it's like it's shit like that it's like the silver wolf head knuckle duster that he's punching a monster with like that it's just it's just a blast it's really fun and there's always some sort of cool, like in episode four, this guy comes in, he's cursed, and he's basically has a hedgehog head. Mm-hmm. There's always some sort of cool, weird monster hmm. thing that's going to happen or yeah, show right. up, or like, um, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I'm into it. Side, I, oh, a really quick side note that totally out of everything else, yeah. I rewatched Harry Potter 3 Prisoner of Azkaban this week. <laughs> and uh, speaking of fun, like magical things, yeah. you can tell the budget unbo- is. Uh, so much bigger than the second movie yeah. where they're just actively putting more magical things happening in the background that you just don't even notice. Like one of the like uh, cleaners at a restaurant's like making bottles disappear inside of his like uh, mm-hmm. dish rag and he's like making shit fly around the room. Anyways, well, that's, but, that's the best Harry Potter movie. Rewatch. Oh, it's yeah, so good. Definitely. I can't wait for four because I like that the Have most. you never seen it? No, no, no. I, ha- but I watched it when I was a kid oh, when got it, it came got it, out. It, but now uh, my girlfriend's reading the You're books You're on the through. downward slope, my friend. No. Oh, yeah. I know, probably. Five, I washes over me. So <laughs> I actually really like Five. Actually, my favorites are three, three, five, and the last movie. For me, it was like they peaked at three and they never got back to three. Alfonso yeah. <laughs> Cuarón, like a lot of those like single take, single take scenes. They yeah. are very impressive. I will, I'll Speaking say, of Malibu, no, yeah, it's, it's probably the project is probably up because I think they filmed those first yeah. two movies at the same time because they knew the kids were going to start uh, shooting up. Yes, and so did. three is probably the time where it's like, oh, we, this is like the biggest hit in the world. So there, we have some money to there's play. A, with. There's a weird article I remember reading where Cuarón. Uh, uh, they talked about where the Harry Potter kids were like, they were like, oh yeah, the third movie is the first one where we had to act. And, <laughs> and, and the interview, the interviewer was like, how do you mean? And he was like, well, before we filmed the movie, Corone made us all write one page on who we think our character is. And we had to turn it into him and we had to discuss our character with him. Aww. And they were like, Chris was just like, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's very clear. And yeah. those first two movies, they are fine. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. But then they're great in the third one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking. Uh, All those kids seem to have turned out okay. Yeah. God bless that machine and, and, and not seeming to have screwed oh, but, up. Well, Harry Potter kids. apparently was drunk in movie four, five, and six. Oh, never mind. I took no. it back. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but he seems fine now. Well, he seems fine now. He's got a yeah, TBS yeah, show fine. with yeah. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Where he works for God. He's oh, going to be in Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. He's in it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed it, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. And it's finally coming out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's in that Party Corpse movie. Uh, well, by the way. <laughs> was sorry, he the corpse? Mm. Or was the guy hanging out with the corpse? Yes, he is the corpse. He is the corpse. He is Swiss yeah. Army Man. There it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us back to the comics because I want to ask you guys questions. Yes. Um, I think there are some characters in this Malibu comics universe that could work in the Marvel universe. Do you have any picks? Like, I mean, you seem to know the most about Malibu. So, like, who do you, who would you pull in right now? If you the, could... My my go to, I think, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in there's there's no bad characters, just bad writers. I agree. I think I agree. pretty much anybody can work if you put them in the right hands. I will. I'm not super fluent in Malibu. I just sure. remember the idea. Yeah, but yeah. Marvel has always struggled 
with finding a Superman, like oh, having yeah. their Superman. It's interesting how each publisher has the ones that they can't seem to crack. Like DC's never can't find its Superman and can't find its Batman. Yeah. Uh, DC can't find a Spider-Man. Like they just can't make mm-hmm. that click. But Marvel, so I think Marvel could benefit from a character like like Prime, like like a little kid that becomes yeah. the. You don't think he steps on the toes of the century? Well, I mean, he was before the century was sure. a thing. Oh, fair point, so fair point. now, yes, mm-hmm. um, but Century never quite. I don't know. I, Century, yeah. They never seem to figure out what to do with Century because mm-hmm. I think he should have always just been a one off. Like yeah. Because the, the whole idea when they introduced the Century was this idea, and they and they did a brilliant marketing campaign where they tried to convince you that there was this Stan, Lost Stanley that, that Stan Lee had created him. And it's funny, and Stan Lee, you know, because Stan Lee will take credit for anything. God <laughs> bless him, yeah. and I'm sad that he's gone. But he played into it. He did he did an interview in Rolling Stone where they published fake art, and he was like, yeah, the Century Kid was this guy that I was going to publish, and then mm. I didn't know. And and then again, when you read the book, you realize, oh, it's part of the thing. It's part of the... Stan Lee did not create this person. Yeah. It's Paul Jenkins. And I think it only should have been that first miniseries. It, it should have been a one-off like Watchmen. We yeah. should have never we should have never seen the Sentry ever again. And it's, it's interesting that it's similar to um, another character that Ben has pulled into his new Avengers run, which was uh, the the Hood, which yeah. was also like a kind it's of supposed a to be a one-off. And and I I appreciate the instinct of like what Brian, if we integrate Brian K. Vaughn invented the Hood. Yeah, and it's really? I like that. Yeah. The instinct of like let's incorporate these guys, but it, but they never seem to figure out what to, what do, to do with, with them, them once they were there. I, I like the idea of like, maybe Superman, but he's crazy. But yeah, I, Marvel's never really cracked Superman. Superman, so maybe a character like Prime. Interesting. Yeah, I tried to read up on Hyperion one time, and I was like, <sighs> reading up on his origins. He's the same way. Oh, yeah. Is, is, yeah. is another. Well, and they also Superman. have Blue Marvel, which was which was supposed to be their Superman, which they can never figure out either. Yeah. He's always in any Avengers event. You know, like who we're gonna call Blue Marvel? Are I you still an asshole? depends yeah yeah I, I don't think we can um I, I think as hard as they try because blue marvel similar to century is like they were always here don't pull that shit no, it never it. works don't do it yeah just, He's just uh, hiding make them brand new make yeah. them brand new mm-hmm. or from a different universe or something like that. do you have any like um do you have like a like a malibu character that you remember nightman we want to bring Nightman. i mean nightman is the best only if you can bring back the prowler Mm-hmm. He's got to be the prowler, and he's and it's the first cover you ever see him in. He's got to be playing that sax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, n- so Nightman teams up with Prowler. No, he's talking about the car, no, no. the yeah, Prowler that he drove. The prowler. No, yeah. the Prowler car. And I know, I agree. And they yeah. team, team up with, up with, pr- with Prowler yep. and the other Prowler, mm. and they ride around in the Prowler. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Nightman also is like what is he, like an assassin? It's Prowler and Prowler. Uh huh. And Nightman. Yeah, that's the title. Prowler and Prowler and Nightman. Uh-huh. And brought to you by pro- Toyota. <laughs> yes. And the Prowler is now sentient like Knight Rider. And ah. just <laughs> love it. Big fan. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know about it. But I think that it's it just. The problem is I, I'm not that familiar with the Beyond Prime and Nightman and sort of like. what Was their team called the Ultra Force? Something. Yes. Yeah. I don't really know that much about Malibu comics because, to be honest with you, when I was buying comics in the 90s, they were never around. I didn't see them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Prime makes me feel a little sick the more I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you could tone that down, although I think it makes no. it less fun if you do. I think it makes it Bigger. less fun if you do. And I think, but going back to integrating stuff, I, I like DC with Milestone. I'd like to specifically see Static as a part of that universe. But also with Wildstorm, I think a character like, because again, DC can't doesn't have a wolverine you know what i mean grifter could be that you know what i mean grifter could be that like yeah, the cool true. guy you know what i mean he's grifter cool. could be their punisher yeah if they, there's ways that you could have have like i don't know more i'm i'm a big believer more the merrier i know they've marvel's incorporated um this is less was less complicated but it was sam you're reading the avengers run that the star, star force what is that 
that thing, star brand star brand which was a part of a whole other universe yeah yeah it was the new universe oh yeah yeah which was, was which created compl- by warren ellis uh, or he no, just no, no. did a warren ellis did the reboot that they tried to bring it. it was like an 80s thing that was made by jim shooter if you know jim shooter the guy no. that helped create the legion of superheroes um and it completely utterly failed in the 80s and then they tried to bring it back in the 2000s with warren ellis and it yeah. completely failed again and, and then, then jonathan hickman's avenger run he brought yeah. in star brand and a couple yeah. of those characters and it never quite mm. and currently now they're making it like a fun hunt for star brand which ah. overall jason aaron's avengers are like good to find you know, no. like, yeah amazing. it's fine the star brand stuff uh he did an origin for it and it like crash landed on prehistoric earth and like it infected a t-rex and the t-rex was the star brand of earth and like fought neanderthals and shit who cannot like that? That yeah. sounds like fun. He's got cosmic power. Shoots out of well, his this is my, mouth. Again, like, it's funny you brought up the Jason Aaron Avengers run because I think it's a similar problem that we're having right now with the Justice League right now is that Oof. we've, over the last 10 years, and this could be a whole topic for another podcast, is that I think all these team books have to compete with the movies, yeah. keep breaking the multiverse in half. Like every yep. storyline is like, the old, the multiverse is going to crack and grandma's going to die. It's all like the, it's, Everything has to be an event, always. Yes, and I'm like, you know what? You know what I really miss? I remember the Kurt Busiek run of the Avengers in the 90s. There was a storyline where, you know, they just went to a country and the country didn't like them. And that Mm -hmm. that was the story. And And you know what? I think that would be refreshing nowadays. Yeah. I don't need the multiverse to end every second. And that's the also the problem with Jason Aaron. It's like, well, can I, we just have the storyline where maybe the Avengers um, meet up with the, the bad Canadian super team or something like that? Yeah, like, and it's interesting, too. I, I think there's also an interesting parallel um, with, you know, Justice League feels like a bad rip on Grant Morrison's iconic run. Oh, yes. Where it's like, oh, I could do that. And I think maybe Bigger. you could say the same thing with Jason Aaron trying to ape Jonathan Hickman's Avengers yes, run. It is like, Jonathan. well, I could do. No, but you, you actually can't, though, because no. you're not that person. And, and you should try do something. Your Thor, Jason Aaron's Thor run. Overall, what I've read of it, I very much enjoy. It's, I think, the best Thor run of all time. Yes, it's so yeah. it's so cool. And yeah. what he did with like Jane Foster was really cool. And he, and the ending he had for King mm-hmm. Thor, I really enjoyed. Well, the too. interesting thing about that run is, see, it's funny. So he's doing the exact opposite thing. There's one giant colossal event. It's War of the Realms, and it's towards the end. He builds up to it. Otherwise, it's mostly Thor just fighting frost giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's literally just him being like, "Well, there are some frost giants over there. Better go smack them down." That's the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, and really establishing like these are the realms, and you yeah. can understand how they function. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to learn like their currency or languages or some shit, but like you can understand yeah. like, oh, they're unique for what they are. Like Vanaheim. Like I know what that mm-hmm. is now because of. Yeah. I don't need to know what the that great. Is. But yeah. you made it cool. The great thing about the yeah the Grant Morrison Justice League run is that. I remember <laughs> they did a storyline where it was two issues, and it was literally this guy called the Key had broken mm-hmm. into the Watchtower, and because of that, he put them all to sleep. And it, the storyline was two issues from the perspective of Connor Hawk, and it was his first day as a Just League member. Yes. So he shows up, and there's this big villain in the the Watchtower, and he's like, uh, "I don't know what to do," you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, and he's just trying. Yeah, and, and and also it's tough. Like that's why you can't like rip off people like Grant Morrison, John Hickman, because their brain works in a very specific yeah. way to to find that way. It's I'm reading his Green Lantern run. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and it's but this 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 weird combination of the biggest possible cosmic ideas ever told in a very it's a cop story yeah you know and there just happens to be a tornado person a volcano person mm-hmm. fighting in the background but it's just because we're the planet we're hanging out on to do this like we're not to close to it. it's fine yeah, yeah. It's, it's, but i think maybe that's for me at least the appeal of looking at these these kind of like forgotten imprints or whatever because i would like to see marvel try and incorporate characters like this because otherwise it's just like well what if spider-man was like single again you know what i mean it's yeah. like I, 
we've done it, man. It's like, like this- how do we beat our previous story? And it's like, well, you don't have to worry about that if you bring in new blood. If you bring in new blood, mm-hmm. if you yeah. try new things. And, and, it, and it's frustrating because, like, I think DC tries this stuff more because they're always kind of, like, struggling to yeah. get that Marvel dollar. Yeah. But, like, they did stuff with, um, uh, what was it, the when they brought in Sideways and... and um, oh, new Wave of Hewer. Yeah, yeah. New Era like, or something. They try, man. Yeah, they try. Yeah. They did Brimstone, Sideways, um, Silencer. Challengers. Like, yeah, they, they try to do Silencer that Silencer and Sideways were actually pretty good. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Silencer and I'm glad Silencer's cool. getting yeah. some traction. Yeah, she In is. fact, if you pick up uh, the Wonder Woman 750, she's actually she's in, in the, the, the continuity story yeah. part of that. Cool. She's in it. Yeah. yeah, and it's like... They're, they're trying, man. Yeah. And nobody's picking up the books. No. Nope. I was surprised in Event Leviathan, which kind of bungled near the end, big time. Yeah. She wasn't used that much. It's Levi- That's all she's a part of. You could yeah. make her be a part of it more. Uh, by the way, I when I was watching Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, my girlfriend like watched it, and it was when Bebo showed up, and I was like, um, I can't explain this to you. But I did try to explain like what the Crisis event was. It was like they had all these books, and they wanted to make them all matter and be in the same thing. And I was like, what's an it? I wanted to ask you guys, what would an equivalency be to something like that? Like, what if, you know, like Lego Dimensions? Yeah. But like, what if you made a world after that game where it's like DC, Harry Potter, <laughs> Doctor Who, Ghostbusters, uh, the A-Team, <laughs> Mission Impossible. They're all on the same planet now, and everyone's like, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened with Crisis. Like, it's more uniform because they're all in capes. Yeah. And tights yeah, yeah, and stuff, yeah. but that's what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, it was basically because, like, at the time they were. <laughs> oh my god, they were doing stuff like it's Earth X Y Z two five two, and and like I I think the well they did it for two reasons. Is one is they did it because like 1985 was the 50th anniversary of DC, mm-hmm. so they wanted to do an event. The original title of Crisis on Earth was actually History of the DC Universe. Oh. Interesting. Um, and then uh, and we're gonna kill it. <laughs> but, but then the second thing was that they were like they were finding that all their editors couldn't keep track of anything. And fun fact, uh, actually, we did this big Crisis Club thing on our Patreon last year, which is why I know this information. Which you can find at Patreon.com/slash Jawin. Yeah, yeah, go check it out. Uh, it's a video documentary series where we explain the entire event to you. It's literally like twelve hours. It's wow. insane. Yeah. Um, and they they were thinking about that event in 1981, and they actually hired one guy who was like an assistant editor at the time, and they said, okay, your job is now to read every single DC comic that was ever published starting 1939 to now, and you have to map this all out. Like, you have to map. We need a list of every single Earth. We need a list of every single character. We need a list. And apparently from 1982 like, to 1985, his name's like Robert. He's credited in Christ on Infinite Earth. If you look at him, he, they give him a credit for it. He, that's all he did. He read every DC comic published. And, yeah, to make sure that they could be like, we got to make sure we're not missing anything. And that's before, like, getting digital copies. So that means they had to hand him, like, this is our they one literally- copy of Action Comics number one. If Don't you rip it, greasy yeah. little hands. <laughs> yeah. all over. They, they literally, he literally was probably um, locked in a room at yeah. the New York DC Comics office, and, and there was, was like, like boxes and suits. boxes and boxes. That sounds awful yeah. <laughs> no, it sounds like it could be it. fun for a minute for a minute and then once yeah. you get through the cool stuff you're like oh no i've got to read superman it, 85 yeah it would have been cool i think for the first year but yeah. i think when you hit year two you would have been like oh, oh my good. god but um i just want to read any yeah. any let me look at anything else yeah. if you go if you if you read like the absolute christ land of earth they all they all praise him to death like they're yeah. just like this guy like saved us like no. this guy like made the like the fact that he took the bullet <laughs> and it's so funny too because i remember like it was supposed to streamline stuff and then immediately 
immediately there was a reason Zero Hour came out like a decade after because yeah, it's like they less bungled than a it. decade. Well, yeah, and when it's and it's funny too because you're not watching the shows right now. You watch Crisis, yeah. but immediately there's a questions because in the first episode of Supergirl, they're like, yeah, all the Earths are destroyed. We're the only Earth. You're like. What? what? What was that montage at the end of the? Well, it's the idea that the, their characters don't know. But they never, the show never I explains know. that. So it's like, are we already, are we already dropping the ball like one episode deep I, into our new continuity? Since you guys are watching the shows, can I ask you this quick opinion? Yes. There was one part of Crisis and Earth that made me immediately go like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few for me, but go on. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but um, in the original Crisis and Earth, yes, there are two characters that remember the multiverse. Psycho Pirate, mm-hmm. and I think this one is cool as fuck, John Constantine. Mm-hmm. They're the only two. Yeah. And other characters eventually learn it. I didn't like in the final era of Crisis that we had John Jones just be like, oh yeah, here, let me tell you this all the time. Like, boop. Yeah. You know, I would have, would you guys have liked it better if only the Paragons remembered? Um, no, just because it would make the other shows so complicated. So, like, because they were all in the middle of their own stories. I, I think, like... Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it just it just would have been really... Especially like, with something like Black Lightning that wasn't technically... Like, he was sure. in it, and it actually affects his world. Yeah. But his show wasn't on it. Mm. So it's like, the, the way they had to, like, tackle some of that stuff was just weird. I'm glad they told him, but... Yeah, no, I'm in, like, reading up on Crisis, like, yeah, they say, like, some of the characters knew, but then they forgot, but then they remembered again, yep. whatever, you know, like, um, and also Psycho Pirate was in Elseworlds, and they were, like, they were teasing, like, he's gonna be a big part of it, and then that didn't mean anything no. when we got to this. Well, same as Harbinger, who had literally nothing to do, and I'm so, Harbinger now. And, and, <laughs> and, um, oh, God, Pariah. Yeah. They built that entire cool-looking suit for, for, uh, Tom Cavanaugh, and he's in literally five minutes yeah <laughs> i am a pariah now I, I am hours. pariah now <laughs> i the psycho pirate part bit doesn't bug me because the only the thing that i love most about him remembering is him being what happens in animal man because yes, of that I was just about to bring and that since up. we're not we, that doesn't matter no, to this no, no. but that was so man i would I'm, I'm bummed that they don't have like an animal man dc universe something like i don't it would show be, would totally work. Too. It would work, but I think it would be less special now because I think at the mm. time with, with having a character re- – because now we have Deadpool and all that other stuff. It wouldn't it wouldn't be as unique for somebody to having uh, basically a panic attack that he's on a TV show yeah. about a comic. I get that. He's, he twice doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's two level deep. deep doesn't, and also then you run into the same problems that, I, that are with Deadpool in that the – him knowing he's in a comic is one thing. Him being in a movie where he's portrayed by an actor complicates that. Like, yeah. well, do you know that there's a crew? Like, what? It, <laughs> I, at what point do, does your fourth world breaking no- sure. fourth wall breaking yeah, knowledge? Yeah, yeah. Like, where where do those walls exist? I'm personally, I don't care that much <laughs> yeah. about it because, like, in the Deadpool video game, he did you guys ever play it? No, no. it was. Pretty good. I heard yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah and, but one of the he opens a door and one of the levels isn't built. And it's just oh, like eight bit. And that's he calls funny. Somebody and he's like, <laughs> like, "What the hell is this?" And yeah. like swearing and oh. chimichanga jokes. And yeah. bullshit. I was waiting for like, you to tell me he like falls off the edge of the level and like <laughs> drops for a. It looks like Tetris on the inside. And he's like, "What the fuck is this?" And they're like, "Sorry, all right." And then it becomes like a full like boss level that oh, they put together. That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, you probably can't find that really anywhere. No. no. Oh well, but um. 
Yeah, you know, uh, Ultra Force. Take, give him a give <laughs> him a nap, give him a nap for a second. Also, yeah. Marvel's gonna they need their new Iron Man in the movie. I mean, this Iron Man guy looks yeah. Pretty I cool. think his name is I don't know from Ultra Force. Uh, yeah, he's he's from Ultra Force. We there, don't want to know. There is an Iron Man. We stand don't need in. to know. It, 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 it hard case. Hard case. Hard case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so we have Hardwire. His, his name was Hard Case. His, if you wanted to know if this was created in the nineties, the guy in the suit of Hard Case is a gentleman by the name of Tom Hawk. <laughs> Tom Hawk. Uh, Hawk. Right when, an e. right when Tony Hawk was uh, tearing it up. Anyway, there's so, also a grenade zip zap. I wanted to. I, like I don't know if I can find it, unfortunately. But I look in the image. They're they're Wonder Woman. They're like main lady. I remember her. Who in, it's the '90s, so she's basically wearing no clothes. Um, her backstory is very. I think she was a guy back in like egypt that is reincarnated as a woman then it's like well i don't know what to do with all these women bits it's like when you're reading the story you're like what what is what's happening what's whose idea was this that's funny yeah so there that you go sounds interesting so the, that's um, so i think the conclusion we came up to is that we all miss vertigo uh, yeah, we all miss vertigo. genuinely yeah no yeah. they black label so far they released like nine joker books at the same time man like yeah. i don't know what the yeah. difference is with all of them look i'm gonna tell you um they're usually, especially in publishing, and I think even in television, the first thing you put out usually sets the tone, mm. and it gives everybody the example. And to me, DC stumbled right out the gate when their first black label book was about Batman's penis. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you can say, like, like, that's not, look, I read that issue too. Yeah, it's not about the penis, but it became about Batman's penis. Yeah. Mm. And... To me, that sank Black Label right out the gate. Yeah, it didn't help. <laughs> it didn't help. It and you were like, not help. oh, this is the book? Okay. Ooh. Okay. Well, you know, give them time. You know? Look, yeah, I'm not... They got to... You know, they'll, they'll find Last their... God is great. Yeah. Uh, they, they very kindly sent us uh, a really cool cover for it. Ooh. Wait, let me open this really quick. Yeah, no, Last God <laughs> looks uh, kick-ass. They have their second issue out right yeah, now. Yeah. But I also, I'm too scared to open this right now because it's like this That's sleeve. Really cool. Yeah. And there's a map on the inside of this. Yeah. Anyway. That's a, For those listening at home, you have no idea what he's talking about, the, but it's listen, really cool. It's written by an excellent friend of mine, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's also nice. a veteran. He's nice. in the Army right now. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. He's a really cool dude. Yeah. So let us know. Um, you can you can tweet all of us or whatever. Any um, Where would you bring labels? Ultraverse back? Yeah, where, where would you bring Ultraverse back? Uh, by the way, the, the character's name was Mantra, and she was like a ancient... It's not a terrible name. It's not a terrible name. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, she was reincarnated. He was reincarnated in the body of a woman, which... I just I can guarantee in the '90s they weren't ready to unpack no, the, no, any of that no, stuff. No, no. Uh, but maybe now we could do something cool with that. We could do something. Um, anyway, uh, I start, I'm sorry. I was starting to read more about it, and I was kind no, of no, getting lost in this weird rabbit hole of mantra. We'll go ahead and throw it over to the Discord. What other Ultra Force comic <laughs> characters? Milestone characters. Zip Zap. Zip Zap. zap. With the villain Zop, and they have the power of improv. <laughs> <laughs> also, any, any defunct publishing lines. But if you want a if you want a new comic with a new character, like we're talking about, that's just not like Spider Man. Uh, maybe the lizard is a friend again. Uh, <laughs> a new character, you can go to JupiterJetComic.com. That's right. Tell us more about that. Uh, support it. Yeah, JupiterJet and the Forgotten Radio guys. It's our comic. It's the part two of a five part series. Every year, it's kind of like Harry Potter. We're going to jump again uh, ahead of year. And uh, we like to teach moral lessons to our characters. So our 17-year-old character 
volume one, she was learning that she thought she knew how the world worked, and she found out, if you read volume one, that she completely didn't work. And in this one, she is gung-ho to go out and save the universe, and she's going to find out real quick that you can't rush into things, mm-hmm. or else you're going to get over your head and be screwed. But, fun fact, I haven't told this to many people uh, in a lot of places, but the third issue, we're calling it issues even though it's a graphic novel, the third issue is a Western issue. Jupiter Very Jet cool. is going to go to an old Wild West town, and it's it's for, been fulfilling a lot of comic book dreams of mine because Very I cool. love Western. So if any of that sounds interesting, we have a lot of cool rewards, come over and help us at jupiterjetcomic.com. And when you do, tweet at us. Let us know that you did. Yeah, want let's the, do that. I want the boy people, the OSA Army. You know. <laughs> yeah, leave us a comment. OS Army. The OS Army. Is that what you call it? In the... I, we, they're the most little ears, traditionally. There they but, go. Yeah. I was having a little bit of a brain fart. But you <laughs> yeah, can go yeah. ahead and let us know when you support it because support these. Support your creative friends and yes. their creations because uh, I'm a big fan of the first Jupiter Jet as well yeah, as Science. You, so I'm excited for this graphic novel. Go support. Also, once it hits uh, comic shops, maybe... Is it will. It yeah, will. It'll hit, later, it'll hit later this year. That was really cool. Also, because um, back in 2018, is that when we went to Emerald City Comic Con? Was that 2018? Yeah, that was 2018. Yeah, we went, to, yeah, we went up there, and we were at a, he did a signing for his comic, and we saw Jupiter Jet oh, in cool. the store. So that was, that oh, was very really cool. cool. It's a cool experience. Go support them. Follow uh, Jason at Jawin everywhere that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. J-W-I-I-N. Nice. Mm-hmm. At DJ mm-hmm. Talks Trash. That's me. At Sam Basher. And at Only Stupid Answers on Twitter. Yeah, got the from Stupid. We'll be back with more reviews on our YouTube channel, Only Stupid Answers, for all the newest movies, as well as Harley Quinn. And we're going to go record uh, a new review right now, if yeah. you're down. Yeah. I mean, I watched it. It was a good yes. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, anyways, that's what we're <laughs> going to be doing the rest of the day. Go drink some water. Go for a walk. Go read some comics. Some and then drink enough water today. I know you probably drink soda or coffee. It's okay. Drink some water. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.